And what is up, everybody? Coming to you live from my parents' house. We got episode 35 and the second one this week of the Changavi Show. Those of you that are new, welcome in. My name is Anuj, but I highly doubt there are any new ones because this week, my TikToks have been getting combined like two views uh, for some reason. I think I'm shadow banned off the app. I also think the app doesn't like me promoting abortion content. Uh, so do with that what you will. TikTok, what's up with that? What's up with that? Why am I getting shadow banned? <sighs> Oh man, I didn't. I don't even think I took it too far over the line this time. Anyway, coming to you live from my parents' house. My name is Anuj. Last name Changavi. Namesake of the show. Episode thirty-five. Title of the episode today is "Sadness of Success," and that's truly what the theme of this episode is going to be. You know, last episode we talked a lot about abortion and the different current events going on in regards to that issue, uh, and some of the things that you guys may need to know. But today, you know. I've been I've been fiending for a pop culture topic recently on the Changavi show. I've been I've been looking uh to try and find something that like I could really dig my teeth into. Uh and and this week frankly isn't it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh this week this week I found some interesting little uh little parallels in in a couple pop culture topics that I thought I could bring together to create the episode of kind of the sadness behind success and sort of provide a little bit of an in-depth uh, look at what's been going on within Hollywood and also what's been going on in other entertainment industries, including that of Bollywood. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Uh, going to be talking a little bit about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard here in just a second, and then we're going to move into some other stuff in regards to Bollywood and Hollywood. And you will see how it all kind of ties into this theme of sadness and success. Every time I think of sadness, I think of Lana Del Rey's like summertime sadness song. Summertime sadness, right? <laughs> the song we would always, uh, or people my age would always sing to uh, when they were 12 or 13 years old, but they really had voice cracks. And so like puberty wouldn't help. Anyway, who the fuck cares about what you have to say about Lana Del Rey? We only care about the topics this week. And this week we're talking all things Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Uh, I quite frankly realized that this was an issue when I saw that like half of my TikTok algorithm in regards to pop culture and trending events was surrounded by this trial. That's when I realized like, holy crap, uh, maybe we got a conversation here on our hands. Maybe we got a topic on our hands. So why don't I do the dirty work, do all the research, listen to YouTube videos, uh, read articles, interviews, whatnot, and find the most important information and perspectives about this entire situation. So Amber Heard and Johnny Depp are in the midst of a complete lawsuit, okay? And there is this whole situation that's basically been brewing since they uh, got into a relationship, and it's a domestic uh, dispute uh, in regards to like uh, their the well-being of their relationship. And then now we have both of them in the court of law suing each other for various reasons. It's a very complicated story. So let's get right into it, right? What the hell is going on with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard? So the whole thing, I'm going to give you kind of a brief background and then we'll really dig into what's going on with the whole entire thing. Okay, so the whole trial itself, we'll start with the trial and then we'll move into their relationship itself. The whole trial between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, this isn't the first trial. Okay, this is this is the first of many trials and and really the, their whole saga within the courtroom began way back in 2018. Uh, and basically what happened, what caused the uh, the two or well, Johnny Depp uh, initially to bring this case to the court was that Amber Heard way back in 2016, uh, right when the Me Too movement was kicking off, released an op ed in The Washington Post. And basically what it said was she was a quote unquote survivor or, you know, I'm saying quote unquote, but you'll see. Uh, she was a quote unquote survivor of domestic abuse and domestic violence. She never mentioned Johnny Depp by name in the piece, but a few days later she filed for a restraining order against him and uh, the judge basically granted her that wish. And eventually it was actually made uh, made permanent uh, that he could not remain within 100 yards of or he, Johnny Depp could not remain within 100 yards of Amber Heard. OK, so 
Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, for those of you that don't know, are two celebrities, right? And they, they're they they're kind of, uh, I like to call them B or C-list actors. Uh, yeah, many of you know Johnny Depp from his uh, star role as Captain Jack Sparrow in the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean series. And Amber Heard, to be honest, I'd never really heard of her. <laughs> uh, I, I actually had heard of her. I, I, I knew her and Elon Musk dated. Um, and... That was about it. But other than that, I hadn't really heard of her. But turns out she's a model and she was like an Aquaman. And so people think that's cool. But <laughs> she, she's like your definition of your classic B-list celebrity, in my opinion. Anyway, anyway, she releases the op-ed. Uh, and she claims she was a public figure of domestic abuse. Doesn't mention Johnny Depp in the article. Restraining order. It's a whole situation. Okay. So then, basically, this whole thing fueled speculation. And you know the media cycle that we live in today. What is going on between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard? They had divorced at this point, but, you know, this was, this was a pretty big deal. Like, you know, putting a restraining order, actually going to the court of law and putting initial action on top of your divorce, right? Kind of a big deal. So there was this huge thing going on in regards to that whole thing. And basically, what ended up happening was there was a newspaper in the United Kingdom called the sun. Uh, and they basically, they're, they're kind of a tabloid magazine in England. And for those of you that know anything about the English press is, uh, you know, how brutal they can be. They eventually got really brutal and they made a couple headlines calling Johnny Depp a wife beater and all of these various, uh, kind of out there names. And eventually it led to, uh, Johnny Depp actually going to the United Kingdom and suing them for libel. So we're going to get into that part of the story in just a second here. But I want to let's talk about what is the relationship between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard? What is going on between these two? Because like we we I talked about it, right? They're two B-list couple. They're two B-list celebrities kind of at the sort of waning stages of their acting career, so to speak, for both of them. I'd say Amber Heard is a little more on the rise. Uh, Johnny Depp is a f- many years her senior, I believe. Uh, I want to say about 15 or 16 years older than her. Um, but what is the relationship? How, how did these two meet? Okay, so basically, they they eventually got married, but th- their beautiful romantic story, uh, if you want to call it that, starts on the set of some box office flop, okay? I don't even know the name of the movie. It's not important, but they met at this box office flop. Both of them starred in the movie. The movie did terrible. Okay, so the relationship began in 2012 after Johnny Depp broke up with his ex-French uh, model slash singer, singer uh, partner at the time, Vanessa something. Uh, I, I literally cannot read her name. It was Vanessa. Let's call her Vanessa. So Johnny breaks up with Vanessa, uh, and starts dating Amber Heard in about late 2011, early 2012. Okay. So nothing really happens for a while. And then in 2014, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard get engaged. I'm giving you a full relationship timeline because this is going to clear a lot of things up later. Uh, So Johnny Depp and Amber Heard get engaged in 2014. She's got this big engagement ring. A lot of People Magazine rumors. Everyone's talking about it. Amber Heard, Johnny Depp engaged? Question mark. Yeah. So uh, eventually the speculation was proven to be true. They got married uh, in 2015. And that same year, uh, Johnny Depp asks Amber Heard to sign a prenup. And you're like, Anish, why the fuck do you care? Why do I care? Why do these people matter? I'm trust me. Okay, I'm going to get into why this all matters later. Um, But Johnny Depp asked Amber Heard to sign a prenup. And according to Johnny Depp, Amber Heard threw a vodka bottle at him and she severed his entire middle finger. Okay, so now at this point, we're like, whoa, okay. So, like, uh, that's a little intense of a reaction to be acting that way, especially after someone asks you to sign a prenup. I mean, uh, just listen to your third grade teacher in your head. I, I hear Miss Kavanaugh all the time. She's like, use your words, Anuge. Conflict resolution. Clearly, my girl Amber or Johnny, whoever the hell threw whatever and cut their finger open, uh, did not listen to their third grade teacher when it came to conflict resolution. But let's get into more of the fucked up details behind this entire thing. Then you have the fecal matter incident, a.k.a. shitgate. That's what I like to call it. So basically, Amber Heard, according to Johnny Depp, and these are all sort of testimonies that are coming out within the trial that's going on right now that I'm going to get into in just a second. Um, Amber Heard, according to Johnny Depp, had basically put uh, fecal matter on his side of the bed. So she, according to Johnny Depp, there was human shit on one side of the bed. 
And uh, she blamed it on the dogs, uh, like the dog shat in his side of the bed, whatnot. But uh, Johnny Depp maintains his uh, stance that it was human shit. Uh, <laughs> but she also, I mean, Amber Heard apparently has called like friends and family and faked getting hit by Johnny Depp, according to Johnny Depp. And she pretended like Johnny Depp was hitting her over the phone, all of this stuff. Okay. So there's a lot of fucked up shit going on within this whole entire thing. So, so this marriage was fucked up. Why was it escalated to the court? Why? We haven't gotten to that point yet. Okay. So Amber Heard basically at a certain point in 2016 claims divorce and cites abuse as one of the reasons. And she listed uh, several other reasons as well. Eventually though, uh, eventually she takes it initially to court uh, about abuse and all of these things. And eventually her and Johnny Depp settle and she got a $7 million settlement from the court, which she claimed she donated to charity, but that's also being uh, in question now recently uh, as well. So what else happened? Okay, so let's get back to 2018, which was the first thing that we talked about in this entire thing, which was uh, the the Sun, right? The Sun had published those headlines and all of these things, and Amber Heard had wrote the op-ed claiming that Johnny Depp was uh, a lot of names. So Johnny Depp files the suit against the uh, files a suit of uh, in regards to libel against the Sun because they basically had taken his name and dragged it through the mud, and. I don't know if you remember, but at the time, Johnny Depp was uh, one of the main characters on a series called Fantastic Beasts, which is huge in the UK. And it was being filmed in the UK and all throughout Europe. And so this was kind of a big deal over there. Um, and Johnny Depp basically filed a suit for libel at that point because he was like, why is, you know, this is dragging my name through the mud. This is bullshit. All of these things. Uh, and Amber Heard basically countered uh, with... With a bunch of other, you know, uh, instances describing her abuse, showing scars on her body and all of these things. And eventually Johnny Depp lost the case because there was proof that Amber Heard, you know, quote unquote proof that Amber Heard had gone through some stuff as well as other uh, varieties of things as well. So then fast forward to 2020, because in 2020, during the pandemic, people had a lot of time. They were doing a lot of things. Lots of stuff was going on. And recordings, according to our Instagram and People Magazine detectives, basically came out with Amber Heard admitting to hitting and abusing Johnny Depp, thus confirming some of the fact that this was a mutually abusive relationship. This wasn't just Johnny Depp hitting Amber Heard. This was the other way around as well. And in the recordings, Amber Heard is heard. <laughs> <laughs> saying that she can't control her anger and that she is afraid that the the that their home is going to turn into a crime scene. These were some of her quotes from uh, the audio recording that was released to the internet. So basically, Johnny Depp, uh, you know, had lost the libel case in the United Kingdom and finally had some sort of proof that Amber Heard may be, may, may, be some sort of suspect figure here uh and within the course of this crazy situation happening in 2020 with all of this stuff a brewing the fantastic beast franchise basically sacks johnny depp they say you're fired you can't come back and play grindelwald which was the role he was playing he signs a letter basically saying that he was sacked off disney and uh, they didn't want him associated because there was a lot of you know sus stuff going on with the trial okay so why does this matter why the hell should we care? Why do I give a shit? So what's happening with this entire trial? Okay, so let's talk about the trial that's going on right now in 2022. Because there's been a couple of trials. Johnny Depp lost the one in the UK that she lost the settlement earlier with Amber Heard, donated $7 million to charity, apparently. Um, but right now, what's going on? So Johnny Depp right now in Virginia, in the United States, has sued for sued Amber Heard for $50 million due to damages and denying the fact that he was ever violent and other stuff sort of defending his name. $50 million. He wants $50 million from Amber Heard. Amber Heard is very dug in her stance as well. And she's countersuing Johnny Depp, which is something we don't very see very often. Usually it's suing on one end and then defending your name on the other. But here we see one lawsuit here and another lawsuit back. So Amber Heard is countersuing Johnny Depp for $100 million 
for saying that she, the only reason she was violent was when Depp was attacking her or coming after her younger sister. These were the two premises that these two celebrities were going off of in their various lawsuits. So this whole thing was going on. This countersuit trial, lots of monies on the table, $150 million at stake. You got some of the best lawyers in the country defending these celebrity clients. Johnny Depp test was on the stand for four days. And basically, I mean, he was grilled. He was straight up grilled by Amber Heard's attorneys for good reason. I mean, this is uh, this is a pretty high profile case. And and basically, Amber Heard's attorneys from the four days of the trial that happened with Johnny Depp on the stand tried to basically say that uh, Johnny Depp was uh, an alcoholic and drug infested man that basically had nothing but the worst interests for Amber Heard and was going to continue to abuse her and continue this cycle of abuse that she had already claimed several years before. Then, right, you also had them saying that, uh, and Johnny Depp basically within these four days kind of basically said that she would start the fights, that Amber Heard was the instigator of a lot of the fights, and she was a manipulator, and she was causing a lot of these issues to go on, etc., etc. So this is all going on within her four days. Amber Heard also testified for another four to five days, and basically Amber Heard went on her, um, Amber Heard basically went and testified and maintained that she was a victim of an alcoholic and that Johnny Depp is terrible and all of these things. And Johnny Depp's lawyers are uh, trying to argue that Amber Heard was the instigator and basically all the stuff that Johnny Depp was uh, trying to get at within his testimony. Okay, so again, let's get back to the question, right? I feel like this topic has been kind of all over the place. Why is this thing with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard a big deal? Why does this matter? Because frankly... When it comes to this, when it comes to this trial, we don't see a lot of celebrity trials in today's society, right? We had O.J. Simpson back in the 1990s. That's been uh, idolized as one of the great celebrity trials of our time. Uh, everybody was paying attention to it. Everybody was tapped in. If the glove doesn't fit, you can't acquit. So many things were going on within the course of this entire situation. So that was the last real big spectacle celebrity trial that we've had in a while. Johnny Depp and Amber Heard is now kind of, I'm not saying it's the modern day OJ. I don't think it'll ever come to the level that OJ Simpson was. I mean, quite frankly, there's not a lot of people that know this Johnny Heard, Johnny, Johnny Heard, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial really and what it means. But the whole thing has become a huge spectacle on social media. And what I'm noticing is that any true crime case, any court case, any sort of mystery that gets uh, semi-media coverage from some national outlets is all of a sudden being picked up by social media. <coughs> it's all of a sudden being, sorry, all of a sudden being picked up by social media and it's creating an absolute storm. You're basically creating the next generation of armchair lawyers who from their couch working from home are investigating the various trials of Johnny Depp and Amber Heard and all of the various things that are going on. And, you know, me being a social media star that I am with hundreds of millions of followers, obviously have to talk about this uh, because it's content. So like and subscribe if you guys enjoy this type of content because, you know, it's a good time. If you're on YouTube, if you're on Spotify, hit the follow button. Got to have water. Come on now. Got to stay hydrated. But also, this is one of the takes I want to get across. Being in the celebrity world is a is a mirage, right? What we see, what I see, what you see from beyond from our computers is this glitz and glam, these beautiful award shows, all of these amazing uh, high achieving actors and actresses having a lot of success in their mansions in LA, where the weather's beautiful, the women are beautiful, the guys are beautiful, everything's great. But there's also some really fucked up shit going on in the underbelly of Hollywood, hence the sadness of success, right? I mean, the truth is, th this is one of the first celebrity trials that, I mean, I talked about this, where we've seen both celebrities just kind of sue each other uh, for various things, for various uh, infidelities within their marriage, for lack of a better word. And Johnny Depp has already lost a couple trials. I mean, this man has already lost the libel trial in the UK. He lost the settlement with Amber Heard earlier on in the decade. At this point, I understand why people don't give a shit about this. I know, like, it, 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 it quite honestly, it shouldn't matter. 
there is a lot of people that have a valid point when they say that this trial does not matter. I do not give a shit. Fair. But let me tell you why it does matter. Because there's a huge thing with the lawyers, right? Uh, let's talk about the lawyers for a second. Because both both of these uh, two actors, uh, both the actress and the actor, have stacked law firms on their side. Hence the fact they're both wealthy, they're both rich, they can afford the best of the best lawyers to defend their honor. So you got these really big shot lawyers. And both of the lawyers on both teams have been surprisingly really animated and quote-unquote unprofessional throughout this entire process. I mean, more than you would expect. They, they've they been fist-bumping one another. They've been, like, fist-pumping when, like, a particular... When Amber Heard, you know, said something about Kate Moss, you visibly could see Johnny Depp's lawyers fist-bumping, you know, pumping their chests out, all of these things uh, when that was going on. There's rumors that Johnny Depp is, like, dating his lawyer. Um, when Am like... I've never seen this much interest within the lawyers of a court. I mean, frankly, like when you when you're a lawyer, when you're defending your client, even look at Robert Kardashian back in the OJ trial, like he was known as just being a really straight laced dude who was there to do his job and there to defend his client, get in, get out. But like in this court setting, I mean, it almost feels like it really is a movie, which is ironic because I mean, both these two are movie stars. And it feels like a movie where these lawyers are just kind of like trying to wing it and like have their moment in the sun and all of these things. And there's a bunch of rumors going around. And I mean, obviously, we don't know what to believe, but it's it's pretty interesting. And lawyers on Amber Heard's side have sort of been accused of harassing various witnesses that the Depp team has tried to bring up to the stand. And it's overall just been a really weird vibe with the lawyers. It's felt very out of character from what you see in particular uh, law and all of these various things going on. And the fact is that social media has blown up these lawyers because of the fact that, I mean, our armchair lawyers across this country have been documenting every step of this trial. Uh, they've been microanalyzing every move. You mean, I've seen TikToks that like just show Amber Heard's face zoomed in and based on particular reactions to specific statements, like she obviously isn't the fucking abuser that Johnny Depp has portrayed her to be. And then I've seen the opposite where it's like, oh my gosh, look at the way that Johnny Depp blinks in this freeze frame for two and a half seconds. He obviously didn't do it. And Amber Heard is sitting over there with her lawyers and her defense team just laughing. Like, I mean, it's just, it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, I mean, the, the, the TikTokers, they, they, they know what they're, you saw what they did with Gabby Petito. I mean, that's a fact. Look at what they did with Gabby. They they analyzed the shit out of it. Every van report, every missing person report, every anonymous tip. I mean, it felt like we had our own fucking police department on TikTok. And the same shit is happening with this trial. And I think we're going to see this with various events that go on that get even a little bit of attention. Everyone's basically a lawyer. Everyone knows what's going on with and, and all of this stuff. But the fact is why you should care. There's millions or why this matters. There's millions of dollars at stake. Social media is becoming an ever-evolving factor within this entire situation. And, and on top of all of it, what's crazy enough is that you may see some of your favorite celebrities called to the stand. This trial is far from over, in my opinion, right? And I think what we can learn... <laughs> What what can we learn from this, Anuge? There's a couple of things. I think, number one, the one thing that we can learn is that Johnny Depp and Amber Heard are both really messed up people, and we should go to therapy. I think that's a lesson that this trial has taught me. Looking into this, jeez, uh, jeez. Like, we, we, like, if you need help, you need to, like, ask for help. I feel like, and this is just, I'm going to go off on a little life tangent here. I feel like asking for help is incredibly underrated in society, and it's also incredibly looked down upon for some reason. I know I, I get the whole idea of like, oh, I'm going to make it on my own. Like, this is all me. It's my story. It's my life. Like, I'm going to do this. I can handle it on my own. I'm weak if I ask for help. But the reality is like help in any circumstance. It doesn't even have to be like something serious, like a mental health issue or substance abuse or whatever. Like asking for help is just generally a good idea. Um, I mean, asking for too much help, obviously that's a whole separate conversation in itself. But 
asking if you if you ask for a little bit of help it can take you a long way because it can alleviate help alleviate some of the issues that you're having in regards to whatever it may be a career issue personal issue love life whatever and asking for that help and then guiding you forward therapy is a version of asking for help and in the reality is it could um like, you know, I think Amber Heard and Johnny Depp could have both used therapy. I, I don't believe that they did, but I think they could have. Um, number two is that substance abuse has devastating effects. Johnny Depp was a recovering alcoholic and, and drug user throughout his marriage with Amber Heard. I mean, you look at the way that things have gone, unfortunately, for Johnny Depp. Um, and I mean, I'm not saying any of the actions that he did were good because they, I mean, the the alleged actions that he did were good. I mean, they're horrible. And I mean, the truth is we're never really going to find out the truth about any of this because I mean, when it comes to domestic violence issues, it's he said, she said, and there's evidence quote unquote on both sides. So there's never really truly going to be the case, but honestly, what we can learn is ask for help, know the signs and, uh, don't do drugs or alcohol excessively. Um, <laughs> that's truly what I learned from this, but why should you care? Why, why, why are we giving a shit about this issue, right? This is, these are two celebrities that are completely disconnected from our lives and really don't provide any, you know, uh, they're not going to move the world forward with this trial. Whatever the result is, if Johnny Depp wins the trial, if Amber Heard wins the trial, there's going to be no sort of push, uh, in, in terms of the worldwide conversation being had about issues. So why, why should we care? Well, here's why. Money and your favorite celebrities are probably going to get involved. Remember how I was mentioning that Elon Musk and Amber Heard dated? Well, it turns out that this whole Amber Heard had several extramarital affairs, okay, uh, including with James Franco, who's in a boatload of trouble himself, and Elon Musk. She had extra she had extramarital affairs with both of these two. You may see these two come to the stand as character witnesses, potentially. I think, in my opinion, it could totally happen. There are also a list of, there's also a laundry list of other celebrities that are potentially involved in this trial as they were close associates with Johnny Depp or Amber Heard, et cetera. We've already seen uh, Johnny Depp's ex-partner testify and basically defend the man as a, as, an, uh, as a great guy and someone who would never hurt anyone and all of this stuff. Um, and social media promoting the crap out of this, you're... <laughs> It's it's really I mean I would not be surprised if we saw bigger and bigger names come to testify in this in this trial which is kind of crazy to think about. Um and this is a crazy situation because I think the one thing I honestly take away from this entire situation uh is that a lot of the voices on social media are supporting Johnny Depp, which is weird, right? Because we live in this me too society, this post me too society where I mean everyone is supporting women and women's rights and women's liberation and all of these things and like women escaping abusive situations, all of this stuff. And the truth is like, we don't really know what was going on in the herd and depth trial. I mean, it's so convoluted and there's so many blurred lines and details that we as civilians don't really know. But a lot of people on social media have been gravitating towards Johnny Depp. They've been sort of sympathizing with his cause and really defending him, which is kind of weird. Um, and it's it's kind of crazy because uh, there's been so many terrible reports and all of these things and and we live in the era that we do and we're seeing people support a man but the way that the a lot of that that I've seen on TikTok and and just in general with social media analysis of the news uh in this particular trial is that a lot of people are saying that like male Johnny Depp has almost become a figure of like male domestic like abuse victims because in a lot of cases like there men do get domestically abused like domestically abused it's very i mean it's it's rare it's not very rare it's rare and a lot of people don't talk about it and so i think there's a quite a small there's a there's quite a few uh in the la I, I would say it's either a loud minority or a slight majority of individuals who are really just banging on the johnny depp train because they're like he is the voice of male um he's a voice of male domestic abuse victims. And it's like, whoa, like what? Like, I never even thought of it like that. Um, and I mean, personally, I don't really think this whole issue is a great look for Hollywood in general. Uh, I wonder, I mean, I wonder if the acting career, I, I don't think the acting career of Johnny Depp will ever exist in any sort of capacity after these trials. Uh, Amber Heard, I mean, we'll yet to see, I, I have no idea what's going to happen with her. Um, and, 
the fact is like it's it's pretty insane that people are still defending that people are defending Johnny Depp. I personally and you know, and I'm sure Amber Heard has her fair share of supporters too. I've seen a, quite a few of them, but I, I would say that most of the support is coming towards Johnny Depp. And in this post Me Too society, it's it's really strange to see that for the first time. Um, and I'm just I'm just kind of pointing out my observations. So why should you care? Because probably your favorite celebrities are going to get involved. There's over 150 million dollars on the table, and I mean this whole thing is just getting started. <laughs> like I, I'm reporting this probably, uh, you know, I, I don't think there's going to be a decision made on this for a minute. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see how this whole entire thing develops over time. But yeah, that's what I'll say about Depp and Heard uh, and their various uh, timelines and, and everything that's going on with them. I would encourage you guys to do more research because it's a really fascinating uh, thing that's going on with them. Okay, let's transition to the second part of the sadness of success and stuff that's going on. Because this is the other issue that we're talking about today, which is nepotism. Nepotism, right? Like... I've noticed that within Bollywood, uh, within Hollywood, because we'll talk about Hollywood first and we'll get into Bollywood. I've noticed with Hollywood that nepotism is is prevalent, but it's not really like controlling of the industry. Like there there will prop like in terms of film internships, like yes, of course, there's probably going to be kids who uh, are getting internships because their dad or their mom or their uncle or their grandfather has a connection to the studio. And so it allows them the opportunity to kind of have that little in inroad to get that. Um, and yes, I'm sure that happens more times than not, but let's, let's define nepotism first, because we're going to be talking about this for a little bit here. So let's, let's give a clear def definition as to what nepotism is. So in my opinion, I think the, I mean, the literal definition of nepotism, you can take this straight off the internet, is the practice of those with influence favoring their relatives and friends and promoting them into positions of power. So that is the literal definition of nepotism. But the fact is, I mean, a lot of the time, like, <laughs> and I'm not defending nepotism, but like a lot of the time, I mean, it, it'll be like relatives, like giving their kids uh, or giving like their cousins or whatever a job. Um, and it's not necessarily at equal or greater level. It's not a position of power, but it could be a position that could get them into a position of power, if that makes sense. It's like a it's a slow play of a lot of instances. But also, I mean, this shit happens in every industry all the time. You talk politics, you talk tech, you talk um, fucking journalism, whatever, right? It happens everywhere. And there are people, and I mean, in the acting industry and in in Hollywood in general, I mean, there's a lot of people where who are incredibly benefited by nepotism and it's huge and it has given people the power to succeed. And it has given people the power to have roles that maybe if they didn't have the last name or the family connection that they do have, wouldn't have that role. And Nepotism in its most extreme form, I guess the best way to describe it is that it's really pushing forth people who have connections and the purest of bloodlines while not pushing the independent self-creators, self-thinkers up. And that's kind of strange for Hollywood. When you think of Hollywood, you think of creative arts, you think of creative people, you think of Hollywood as a place where all creative ideas are looked at equally. But there are a lot of people who are on the ground who like are tr are self-made and may not have the connections of say a ma you know uh, a Drew Barrymore and you know they may not have those connections they may not have the family stature within Hollywood and so thus they're not able to be in that sort of quote unquote right place right time which tends to be what the inflection point for a lot of Hollywood actors is which is like are you at the right place at the right time to have that opportunity that you can succeed in and propel your career to the next level? Um, and obviously, like, there's so many other little forms of nepotism that are a little less extreme, you know, rather than, like, pushing your bloodline forward. Um, like, I mean, th things like giving people a little push, giving people the first interview, um, you know, having that connection, being able to name drop a specific name within a conversation, like all of these things, a small role on a big budget film, like those are things that can push your narrative forward, right? The inflection point, creating the inflection point artificially uh, is what nepotism can do in its littlest of forms. 
But how does nepotism exist in Hollywood? How is it a systematic issue, right? Because there are a lot of people out there that are like, okay, yes, of course there's going to be nepotism in Hollywood. Actors have kids, they procreate, they have children, and those children may want to follow in their father or mother's footsteps and do whatever it is they want to do. And the thing is, nepotism exists in Hollywood. It's not necessarily systematic, but it does exist and it does have influence. So the way that like, it's funny there's a term for it there's a the people who benefit off sort of their parents or their relatives or their family connections within hollywood are called now nepo babies quote-unquote nepo babies that's the new term for it so nepo babies are often more more often than not people that i mean people that are like actors and actresses second generation kids of like a famous actor or actress or part of a famous family all of this stuff uh, that have benefited off of this. And and Nepo babies can be in different forms as well. I mean, you could have a famous director and then you could be like the, uh, the actor son and all of these things. Uh, and the real reason Nepo, the Nepo babies exist within Hollywood is this idea of like standing out. I mean, it works the same, like it's the idea, like the way that nepotism works within Hollywood is it gives you that advantage on your application, right? Like let's say this is a corporate job and there's 20 resumes and this corporate job happens to be for Microsoft and Bill Gates is the CEO. And you're going through all 20 of these applications and you know it's an entry-level job and it's relatively the same, but then one of the last names has Gates. And you know, after further research, that that name, is, that guy is like the third cousin of Bill Gates, right? He's somehow related to Bill Gates in some way, shape, or form. And so thus, as a result, you're looking at him and you're thinking like, oh, he's got power and influence in this company already because he has Gates. It's one of those things on your application that just stands out. If you have a last name, if you have a role on a big budget film, it's just one of those little inflection points that can get you to the next level. And that's how Hollywood, that's how Hollywood nepotism sort of works in a lot of ways. And uh, that that like one standout could totally like like get, I'll give you an example right if your dad is Woody Allen or like Brad Pitt or your mom is Goldie Hawn like you know Dakota Johnson literally is this the daughter of Goldie Hawn I mean it it gets you far in life Dakota Johnson probably doesn't get Fifty Shades of Grey if her mom isn't who she is right it, that's the reality of the situation and your standout quality gets you a little more ahead than what you would have anticipated uh then maybe the the guy who doesn't have that name or that connection uh and the thing is in in hollywood there are like it's not just these like little forms of nepotism that are like a huge thing but there are these bigger forms of nepotism that sort of allow for uh the off like for the children of these actors and actresses to benefit and move their career forward but that being said there there are also a bunch of famous families in Hollywood and famous actors and actresses in Hollywood. And, and let's go through them real quick because there's there's huge examples of uh, these people, right? There's there's the Apatows. I think the Apatows are like the big new generation because their kids were younger for a while, but now they're like older and they can act. Maude and Iris uh, are their kids. Uh, of course, you know their parents. Leslie Mann, who's known as uh, one of the great not great actresses, but she's a very solid actress. She's been in a lot of movies. And Judd Apatow, who's like the world famous director. Maude and Iris Apatow, when they were born, they if they wanted to act, they could pretty much do it in any way, shape, or form. Maude went to Northwestern. Maude ended up on Euphoria. Probably partially due to the fact that her name, her last name is Apatow. And that if you put Maude Apatow on a show, you may get a connection, may get to rub shoulders with Judd Apatow. And it's the same thing with Iris Apatow as well. I mean, Maude Apatow was on, uh, what's that movie called? This is 40, which was like a romantic comedy on Netflix. And that was like her first big budget role. And she was 11. And no ordinary 11-year-old in the fucking suburbs of Chicago is going to be able to land that role. But Maude Apatow was able to land it because of her dad, because of Judd. That's the the fact. Um, And Iris Apatow has also been in big budget shows as well and other movies because of her dad too. Um, the Barrymores are another example. This is like a lesser known one. I actually didn't know that Drew Barrymore was a sort of uh, product of nepotism in some ways. Um, her father was like a pretty famous actor back in the 50s and the 60s. And even go back another generation, her grandfather was a big deal too in the early 20th century. So 
her family has sort of had a huge impact on Hollywood's history. I mean, you're seeing like sort of the third and fourth generations. I mean, Drew Barrymore is still very much relevant on daytime talk show TV and all of these things. So she's still kind of a big deal and her family has uh, roots within Hollywood. Another person who you could look at is John David Washington, Denzel Washington's son. I mean, he's a great act like Denzel. I mean, I've talked about it. Indian people love Denzel. Um, but John David Washington, I mean, I didn't even know he was Denzel's son. I was like, who is this guy? He's, he's solid. He's in a lot of movies. He's in a show called ballers that I used to watch. He's in a, he's in black Klansman. He landed all sorts of roles, but I mean, I didn't even know he was Denzel's son. I looked it up. I was like, damn, he's Denzel's son. He's, I mean, this shit is everywhere. I mean, look at the Smiths. Willow and Jaden, I mean, they're not act like, they, of course, Jaden Smith was in two amazing work of art films, The Karate Kid and After Earth. And I think Willow was in After Earth, too, which is just one of the greatest films to have ever existed on the face of planet Earth. But what is the reason they succeed? Their parents are the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and the freaking wife that exposed herself on her show Red Table Talk. I mean, if you got Red Table Talk and Fresh Prince as your parents, yeah, you're you're going to have advantages. I don't think that, I mean, Jaden and Willow Smith are big artists right now, right? Like they're, they can make enough money. They're self-made all of these things. I don't think Jaden and Willow Smith would be the artists that they were without their parents' last name. That fact that their last name is Smith, the fact that Jaden Smith was Dre Parker and the karate kid because of Will Smith allowed them to have the careers that they did. I mean, it's the truth. It's the truth. Like, I hate to break it to y'all, but like nepotism does get you a little far in life. But how is Hollywood combating against nepotism, right? Because what, like we've named all of these people. We've seen kind of the little inflection points that it can create, but how is it combated against it? So, you know, the diversity movement within Hollywood. Yeah. Like the, the one that like is bringing in a bunch of like new faces and new people into the, into the fold. That's the way that Hollywood is basically combating against nepotism. Because the reality is when you promote from within, promote within nepotism, you are demoting people of color, women, et cetera, et cetera, and kind of pushing away a lot of other storylines. So by promoting diversity, you're basically, I mean, in sort of a counter effect, pushing down nepotism. Um, and it's not a terrible idea. I mean, introducing new faces everywhere is good. And you, I mean, in this last 10 year period, you've seen a lot more new faces, a lot more self-made actors and actresses really start to, uh, make big, make a name for themselves compared to what we were seeing probably earlier in, uh, the two thousands where it felt like there was a lot of the same actors and actresses that were getting the same roles. So people of color and women are really starting to get into the fold now. I mean, a show like Never Have I Ever would never have existed back in 2007. Uh, so it's it's cool to see like diverse diversity get promoted. And then with that, like sort of have a counter effect of pushing down nepotism. But the thing I struggle with when it comes to Nepo within Hollywood is this whole idea of like, dude, sometimes the nepotism actors are really good. Like they're kind of good. Like I like John David Washington. I don't give a that he's Denzel's kid. I don't care that he's Denzel's kid. Actually, it creates a really awkward situation. We could talk about John David Washington and Maya Hawk. Maya Hawk was the uh, is the kid. Sorry, not was the kid. Is the kid uh, is the kid of uh, Ethan Hawk and Uma Thurman, who are both famous actors, great actors and actresses within Hollywood. So she basically got a role on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as her first role. You know, it was a big role to be on like a Tarantino film. And she was awkwardly asked on the red carpet, like, did you believe you got this role because of a personal connection? Like Some interviewer asked her. I mean, I get it. It's, it's your job. You're a journalist. You have to ask these questions. And she kind of awkwardly looks at the camera like, no. But like in reality, like we were all, you know, we all had our eyebrow raised and we were like, but your last name's Hawk, though. So, like, yes? Or, like, no? But, like, you weren't bad in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And we, like, kind of liked you. So, like, I don't really care. But, like, but like also, like, it's not immoral. Like, I like you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's very strange to actually... Like, I mean, like some, sometimes nepotism is good. Sometimes the actors that come and actresses that come out of nepotism are good. Like I, I support them. I think they're good. I want them to be in more movies. They're popular, right? John David Washington, like said that he used to lie. Like he used to say his dad was in prison or like worked in construction or something to like get out of the conversation of like being related to Denzel. 
and he's fantastic. I mean, Drew Barrymore, like, she's a Nepo baby, but she's really good at what she does. She's so funny in Santa Clarita Diet, right? She's good on daytime TV. Maude is doing such a great job on Euphoria. But, and these are all, like, nepotism actors. But, like, I mean, what, like, would another actor be able to do what they do? Like, potentially, I guess. So it's like that whole, like, weird sort of, like, juggling two things and trying to figure out what's going on type shit. Uh, so that's what's going on in Hollywood. And listen, nepotism isn't that great an issue within Hollywood because there is a lot of diversity that is combating against it now. And we see a lot of these uh, different things going on and happening. But there's a huge problem in Bollywood. Okay. So let's go across the pond for a second. Let's travel 3000 miles to India. Okay. So what, what, there's probably a lot of people who are like Bollywood. What the hell is that? So, I mean, for those of you that don't know that India is a huge country right? It's a subcontinent for fuck's sake. Like there's over a billion people living there. Like it's, it consists of like a third of the world's population. It's a huge country. So there's going to be a bunch of different woods. There's a bunch of different woods for a bunch of the different languages. I mean, there's, I think it's called Sandalwood for Canada. There's something with, uh, I think it's called Tollywood for Telugu films. Like it's, it's all over the place. And so there's several different woods, but Bollywood is the biggest sort of film capital of the world. So to speak, a film capital of India, so to speak. And one of the film capitals of the world, um, and Bollywood, uh, in its simplest definition, is Hindi language is like sort of the central uh, location of Hindi language films, and actually one of the and actually the largest producer of films in the world, uh, which is kind of crazy. So, how is nepotism a problem in Bollywood? What is going on in Bollywood that has made this a huge problem? I mean, I could sit here and talk about it for hours. There are so many like uh, Indian American girls out there who are like, Oh my God, I have so much to add to this. And like, I'm not going to cover all of it, but I'm going to try to get to as much as I can. And this is a topic that could be talked about for years. I could sit here, take years off my life and talk about this, but I want to try and synthesize it and break it down. Um, so let's do this, right? Here's the thing. Like Hollywood, Bollywood has its families that sort of produce actors like no other. I mean, we talked about the Apatows, we talked about the Barrymores, the Coppolas of Hollywood, right? You have these famous families. Uh, the Coppola and the Barrymore families in Hollywood are like a couple of the really powerful families, right? They've brought down a lot of really famous actors and actresses that we still talk about to this day. But Bollywood, here's the thing about Bollywood, right? So Hollywood may have a couple of those families that are integrated, and there's still a lot of self-made talent. But in Bollywood, pretty much the entirety, I'd say about 90 to 95% of the whole industry is dominated by families. And it's super rare that you see an actor or an actress like really break through and like end up in blockbuster films that's self-made. Uh, so a lot of the so some of the powerful families within uh, Bollywood include the Kapoors, the Butchanins then the cons uh, so these are like three that and there's obviously so much more there's like the deals there's there's a bunch of different families it's almost like political families in india except they're really just tied into bollywood and and they have their people and they land you know people here here and here and a lot of the actors that you see on like in the movies are related and they kind of it's, it's a very insular uh sort of um plate of actors that star in the in the main blockbuster films but when it really comes to it most of the directors act but here's the problem right so like if it was just actors like that's an actress that's one thing but when it comes to it and when you really look at it most of the directors producers crew editing whatever you want to look at are all within one of the main three to four families of bollywood the kapoor's the butchins whatever right and they all have connections and there's full production houses like Dharma and Yash Raj Films, which are like two of the main film productions within India that are filled with people from the same families that control basically the system. They, It's not just the actors and the actresses that are getting cycled through. It's the same crews. It's the same producers. It's the same directors who are continuing that cycle of nepotism. So it's a full on power structure of non-self-made people uh, and just family members continuously trying to promote family within this various thing. And the thing is, in India, a couple things are really important to understand before you get into the Bollywood industry. I'm sure there's a lot of Americans out there that are probably thinking like, yo, why don't they just go through TV? Like TV is so popular here. Number one, the idea is in India that TV is not popular 
at all compared to Bollywood. Bollywood is like godsend in India. Movies are the biggest currency still. It's not like America right now where you can turn on Netflix and basically argue with people. Uh, and it's pretty much a 50-50 conversation whether they like TV shows better or movies. That's not like that in India. In India, it's pretty much 98, 99% of people would much rather watch the movies than watch the Indian serials. So TV is not as popular and it's incredibly hard to blow up through television because it's not as popular and doesn't have the numbers that some of these Bollywood movies do. So there's that. And number two is that there, like when I say there's few name, few self-made names in Bollywood, there are so few. You could probably name them on a counting number in terms of like the really big ones that have made an impact. I mean, some of them, uh, Shah Rukh Khan is one of them. Um, he isn't someone who came from nepotism. He worked his butt off to get to uh, build where he is right now. Ranveer Singh is another one. Uh, Deepika Padukone's husband. Uh, and Anushka Sharma is another one as well, all of whom have made it in their own various ways. Some Anushka Sharma through modeling, uh, Ranveer Singh through kind of uh, working his way up from being a copywriter to sort of being one of the main stars of Hollywood. And Siddharth Malhotra, too, another big, uh, I believe he's not a nepotism name, but yeah, one of the other big sort of self-made names. And I'm going to talk about one other name in particular that really freaks me out in terms of nepotism in Hollywood or Bollywood. Uh, and all of these guys have grinded their way to the top in various different ways, but it's incredibly rare to see names like this. And the problem is also like when you look at this whole take in Bollywood is that there's a lot of people that all have their own unique takes on the nepotism situation. So there's a bunch of people who just are like, yeah, so what? Nepotism exists. I don't feel disadvantaged. And they don't see sort of the bigger picture in regards to it because they're so caught up within their families and they are getting these roles. But there are also other celebrities that are acknowledging the fact that they have an immense amount of privilege, but they aren't really doing anything about it to promote self-made actors up within Bollywood. So there's a clear issue going on within this entire thing. Um, you have actresses like Karina Kapoor who have gone on the record and said like, yo, like nepotism does exist. And I admit that I have been significantly advantaged through it. Uh, or sorry, what am I saying? Um, I, <laughs> my bad. You have actresses like Karina Kapoor who are incredibly accepting of the fact that nepotism exists and just embrace it. And they're like, yep, there's no disadvantage to me. I don't care. Fuck you. And then you have actresses like Sarah Ali Khan, who's like Saif Ali Khan's daughter. And she's gone on the record and basically admitted that like nepotism has helped publicly and that she uh, and actually, I mean, it really has, because if you look at her thing, like she signed for multiple films before her first film even came out. So before even box office reviews came out, they're like, Sarah Ali Khan, let's sign you for three more films. Right. But if her name was Anuj Chingavi, they'd be like, crickets, crickets crickets like we why are you here please leave next right like that's how it works in bollywood that's how nepotism works and that is sort of a couple of the examples right you got karina kapoor on one side who's like no nepotism hasn't disadvantaged me like i'm i'm just kind of in movies i live my life like fuck you and then you have sarah ali khan who's like wait hold on wait a second who's significantly younger as well and she's like hold on like nepotism has significantly helped me publicly and she admitted that but is she doing anything about her case? Is she helping other people? Like, no, no. And I think one of the solutions to nepotism in Bollywood is honestly independent production houses, but I don't necessarily know how that is going to work within the nepotism system of Bollywood and how you're going to recruit people to actually want to star in your independent films. But that's a conversation for another day. And solutions are uh, few and far between because, I mean, dude, India is its own separate system and I can't really comment on that. But why is Bollywood's nepotism scary? Why is this a scary situation that's going on within Bollywood? So let me explain it real quick. The, the fact is, I mean, we, we've talked about this for a second. There's no active effort of anyone really combating against the problem. There's, there's a lack of recognition within a lot of the actors and actresses within Bollywood that they see like, oh, this exists. Oh, there's so many people out there that are really talented that aren't getting the same advantages. Like a lot of people, that light hasn't turned on in their head yet. Um, but even though uh, back in 2020, and I'm going to get into this, the light suddenly sort of switched on. And there's several actors and actresses who have sort of been on the record and said like they believe it's an equal playing field, even though in reality it hasn't been. 
And the sad reality of all of this whole nepotism situation is it all came to head back in July of 2020, when now the famous case of Shashant Singh Rajput basically took over the Indian newspapers, news cycle, tabloids, everything. So let me explain the case real quick to those of you that don't know what unfortunately happened. So Shashant Singh Rajput was an uh, was an upcoming and slash like basically star at this point uh, at, in 2020 who had made it the hard way. He made it into the inner circles of Bollywood by sort of grinding on the small stage of television, which was an incredibly rare thing to do. And he sort of went from television to getting into smaller budget movies to getting into these bigger budget films and actually like really getting into a few uh, big name uh, films as well. And he really started to land a lot of big movies. Uh, and there were several reports uh, that have said that he was turned down from a lot of other roles in movies because they he didn't have the star power and he didn't have you know the the, the last name of like a Kapoor or a Butchanin or any of these things. So a lot of kids of stars were uh, put in favor of him. And unfortunately, Shashant Singh Rajput committed suicide by hanging back in June of 2020. And it really wasn't talked about in America. I mean, because number one, like uh, not a lot of people, unfortunately here care about uh, Bollywood and pop culture in that sense. But also number two, there was a lot of social issues going on in America and everyone was focused on that. So it makes sense how this issue sort of slid under the rug a little bit. And the thing is like, there was a lot of talk that like Shashant Singh Rajput already had clinical, Rajput had clinical depression and bipolar disorder. So like, you know, it makes sense with his mental health and, and all of this stuff. But the talk of nepotism really came up a couple months after Shashant Singh Rajput's suicide because there was this famous actress, there is this famous actress by the name of Kangana Ranaut, who is like very outspoken when it comes to specific issues in India, for better or for worse, because she said some really controversial shit too. Um, and she basically came out and said that like Shashant knew some dirty secrets about Bollywood and that his suicide was you know potentially staged and that there was murder and he was and she was like really going into detail and like really putting on the tinfoil hat but a lot of people really seem to cling to the fact that shashant knew some dirty secrets in bollywood and kangana eventually elaborated and talked a little bit about nepotism and she's basically she's had this huge fight with uh, karan johar who's like one of the big johar who's one of the big like uh producers slash directors within Bollywood and they've like fought and they've, you know, sort of come to heads and all of these things. And so a lot of like, there were legs to these rumors and, and they were definitely investigated for a while, but like the, you know, and you know how it is with these cases, like they have heat and they have momentum and then all of a sudden they don't and people move on. Um, and I'm not going to try to act like I know all the answers about what happened to Shashan Singh Rajput, but that case and the fact that he wasn't getting specific roles and how it really negatively affected his mental health has been seen. And it sort of brought this new layer of the conversation of nepotism to the general Indian population. Like, what is nepotism? Like, is it really impacting people to the point where they're willing to kill themselves uh, because they just believe that there's no other way out? And I'm not saying nepotism was the only thing that caused Shan Singh Rajput's suicide. I'm not in his body. I wasn't in his body. I don't know. I don't know him personally. I didn't know him personally. Uh, but if nepotism was an aspect of the entire thing, I mean, that's even scary to think about. It's it's just, I mean, the fact that it's the industry is so controlled by famous families uh, is clear. And Kangana Ranaut being one of the first to sort of bring that frat fraternity aspect out of Bollywood and how it really remains behind these insulated circles of just the same actors and actresses. I mean, you think about a lot of the movies you saw as a kid, like I'm talking about Indian Americans, my bases for a second, like a lot of the movies you saw as a kid were the same actors just over and over again in different roles. I mean, think about Salman Khan, Amir Khan, um, Abhishek Bachchan, like Ranbir Kapoor like all over 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 again in similar plots nepotism hollywood give it all the crap you want right there's a lot of issues with hollywood i'm not saying that there isn't but the fact is they really do compared to hollywood have or compared to bollywood give a lot of new people opportunities and have promoted people who are diverse with a chance and given them the opportunity to really write unique storylines and you've seen a lot of self-made hollywood stars it exists it's possible it's the whole aesthetic of like making it happen within america and right across the ocean you got this nepotism situation happening in india where actors are literally unfortunately 
committing suicide because they feel like there's no other way out potentially. And that's why Bollywood's nepotism is potentially really, really scary and scarier than Hollywood's even. So the sadness behind success. We talked about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. We talked about uh, nepotism within Bollywood and Hollywood. There's a lot of sadness behind the glitz and the glam and the fashion of both. And uh, I just wanted to bring that out there. So that's all I got today. That's my uh, that's my episode. Episode 35 is in the books. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you guys did, feel free to leave me a like and subscribe. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. Like the video if you guys like these types of content. If you don't dislike it and tell me why. Uh, if you guys are interested in more of my content, feel free to follow me on social media at The Changavi Show on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. I post a lot on Instagram and TikTok, so feel free to follow me there. That's my spot. That's my shit. Um, so I think you guys would get a lot of benefit off of that. Uh, and also follow me on Twitter and Facebook. I'm trying to post more on both of those, but uh, I'll I'll slowly start to get into it more. Um, what else? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like and subscribe. Follow me on social media. Thank you guys so much for joining me. It's an absolute honor to do episodes like these where I get to talk about really cool stuff and investigate and sort of bring them to light. Uh, bring these issues to light and, and have a conversation with you guys about it. So uh, hit me back with your thoughts. DM me. I love it when people DM me. I love when people text me. If you have my number, you can do that. Uh, but if you don't, you can DM me on any of my social media platforms. I'll be sure to respond to you. Anyway, episode 35 in the books. Anuja Chingavi signing off from the Bay Area. I hope you guys have a wonderful day, night, afternoon, whenever it is you're watching. And uh, I'll catch you all later. All right, guys. Peace.